your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 332 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood. And the Montreal Canadiens have become the first team to advance in this year's Stanley Cup playoffs all the way to the semifinals. Still weird saying that instead of conference finals. But talk about a crash landing if you're Winnipeg. They swept Edmonton in round one only to be swept by Montreal and with that we say good riddance to the North Division for the National League at least because the North Division is alive and well in the American Hockey League and your Belleville Senators will be front and center there next season. We'll get into the AHL's new alignment and playoff structure, discuss if the Belleville Sens are poised to compete and more. Plus, we'll take our first peek at the defenseman rank within our first round of this upcoming draft. This is the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day. Today is Tuesday, June 8th in Pilsy. We have 72 Belleville Senators games to look forward to next season, officially. Oh yeah, that is great news. More Belleville Senators action is exactly what you want to hear. Back to kind of a regular AHL season. Usually it's 76 games, but 72 it will do just fine. And let's just hope the Belleville Senators get off to a better start this season than they did last season. Much like their parent club, should Belleville start the year strong, or had they, I think that they would have finished right at the top of the division. I was going to say had a good seed into the playoffs, but we know there weren't any playoffs. Next year, though, this team, I think they're poised to take a step forward again with great goaltending. We know that is the least bit of their worries, but how are the Belleville Sens going to shape out otherwise? So we went and took a look. There's obviously some roster shuffling to do. There's RFAs to get signed, but as it stands now, the nine forwards they have signed, Pilsy, I would say eight of them are legit NHL prospects. So that's got to bring a level of excitement to the organization as well. Yeah, you're seeing the Belleville Senators roster now is the product of all those rebuilding drafts, right? It's the uh, all the picks put together. They're finally ready for a pro experience and they're on their way working towards getting on an NHL roster. And this team is stacked once again. It's kind of like the Belleville Senators, not of two years ago, but the year before where there's just like, you know, Batherson starting to come into his own Formantons getting started, Schlappick, Abramov, all those guys. That's kind of what this year's team is going to look like. But this time around, it's Sokolov, Yarventi, Crookshank, all these kinds of guys are going to have opportunities to be the main guys for Troy Mann. And I'm excited because we saw glimpses of them in this past season, but we're going to see a full season of them with some experience and some size also added to their resume. So the AHL released their statement, the 72-game season, the division alignments. Belleville's North Division includes the Cleveland Monsters, the Laval Rocket, the Rochester Americans, the Syracuse Crunch, the Toronto Marlies, and the Utica Comets. But what really caught my attention was this quote. Additionally, 
there will be an increase in the number of teams that qualify for the Calder Cup playoffs each year. Details will be finalized and announced later in the offseason. So some suspense there, Pilsy, because the way the AHL had worked before, it was the top four teams in each division, one plays four, two plays three. Pretty simple. How do you think they could best move forward with including some more teams? Because let's be honest, this is a developmental league. Of course, you're looking to win the big prize, but I don't see a problem with extending the postseason. Oh, yeah, I got nothing uh, nothing to complain about there because more playoff hockey, sign me up. And, yeah, you, you want kids to get as much experience in meaningful games as possible. So why not bump up those AHL playoffs? Now, as far as the standings go and how they're going to do it, I, I think they should look at a wild card option because the division race is so tough to kind of get a proper evaluation of which teams deserve to be in the playoffs because the AHL – can be crazy. Like some divisions can be stacked. Like if you have a lot of rebuilding NHL teams as the parent clubs in there, then usually those teams are really good, but then others can be really weak. So you have teams cruising into the playoffs that really shouldn't be there. So I think the wild card would be a nice way to kind of include those better teams in tough divisions. Yeah. So there's seven teams in the North division. It would seem a little trivial to go through 72 games. If you're going to allow six of them to make the playoffs, yeah. right? So <laughs> Maybe like five and six play a little bit of a series to see who gets to make it. But at that point, then you're not adding any additional games for the teams to top. So I'm going to be interested and we'll be following along. And whenever we get that news, we'll pass it along. But the playoff structure will change in the American Hockey League. I want to get back to us talking about the building of a Belleville Senators team that's going to be ready to compete. Because you mentioned a few of the names, Sokolov, Crookshank, Yarventi. Well, the other Fords that are signed right now are Victor Lodine, Mark Kastelich, Parker Kelly, Logan Shaw, the captain, Clark Bishop, and Cole Reinhardt. I mean, there's some RFAs there, Logan Brown, Davidson, Magwood, Kapaka, and Bodain, just, just depth pieces. But do you think that this team needs two, three, four more veteran ads? And, of course, you can mix in Matthew Pekka into the mix here as well, who's a UFA right now. Yeah, well, right off the top, I hope to bring back Pekka. That's a great fringe NHL guy to have around. I thought when he was in the NHL, he did a good job. And then down in the AHL, he can be a great top six guy. He and Bishop are very similar, eh? Yep. Uh, and I'm glad they signed Bishop, too. That was a great signing. It's great to see him get another chance in this organization. You know what I'm going to say. They got to call Darren Archibald's agent. <laughs> they got to get that going. That's, that's priority number one. If you're the Belleville Senators, is get Archibald back in the fold. Well, on that note, there were a few players that went overseas this year, and maybe with the uncertainty involved, I'm looking at you, Jordan Murray. And with that, I wonder if Murray, among others, could be convinced that, hey, it's back to normal now, hopefully knock on wood, but it looks like everything's going in that direction. Why not try to bring the band back together of that team that really was a wagon? They were an awesome team to watch in 2019-2020, but of course, of course, I mean, situations are different. People move on. But when you look at the decor, that's why I'm singling out Jordan Murray. It's thin. It's thin. It's thin. It's thin. You have Lassie Thompson and Max Gwinnett, who very inexperienced. Lassie got some reps in this year, but albeit they're both 20 years old. They're both from the 2019 draft class. And Jonathan Asperow, the wily vet turning 22 this offseason, right? So just in there. And then Fortunato and Allsing, they're depth pieces. I know Allsing got a cup of coffee at the national league level but there are rfas the two of them and cody golubev kind of this year's jordan murray in a sense he's a ufa you think he might be going over to europe but when you're looking at building this belleville team 
the decor is what needs the most work before they hit the ice. Absolutely. That's that's definitely where they got to focus. And on uh, the Wally Mathot podcast, they had Troy Mann on, and he said one of the biggest losses is Hubert Labrie going over to Germany. Mm-hmm. He talked about that ad nauseum, saying that this is a guy that was such a big part of our team. He was an anchor on the D uh, Corps. And you know what? The stick taps to him deserving getting a better chance and hopefully some opportunities over in the DEL. But man, does that leave a hole in the defense lineup for the sense. They need to be targeting guys who are in the age group, you know, 25 years old to 30 AHL veterans that have a couple of AHL seasons under their belt but are comfortable knowing I'm not trying to get a call up to the NHL I'm going to be an anchor here in Belleville and I'm going to support some of these younger players I think that's the kind of guy they need to target they need guys who are defensively sound they already have some offensive weapons in Lassie Thompson and Mackenzie Gannett can also provide some offense so I think they're fine there they need to find some shutdown guys to help those players out yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned Hubert Labrie. He really helped Eric Brandstrom develop when he went down. They were paired exclusively together. And I know there were some tremors on Twitter when he got that contract. Remember, Labrie was signed to an AHL deal, and then they signed him towards the end of the season. They had the contract available, and people were like, what? Are they bringing up him over the kids? What the heck? But no, it was just a, a reward, a veteran guy who gave his all for this organization. So we wish Labrie all the best, but it is a huge void to fill on the back end all in all the Sens need some work before we turn our attention to Belleville and who they could bring in this off season. And by that, I mean, we need to figure out who's going to be here, what the contracts are going to look like. And if they're going big game hunting this year, or if they're going to stay status quo going into training camp right now, but Belleville has all the makings of a great team. And as a goalie friendly show, we got to shout out the guys in the crease. Like you think maybe you lose one of Gustafson or Decord. Sure. And then what? Mad Sogard, 7-0 in the American Hockey League. You got Kevin Mandelize, whose numbers were not great this past year, but who still has potential. So I think that if you're running out Sogard and Mandelize next year, you're okay with that. And at that same token, at that point, you probably still have Gustafson in the somewhere, whether it's the National League or down in the American League. And I mean, Cedric Andre did a good job filling in in the couple of games he got into, but he'll be back in the OHL, so they won't have him to rely on there although who knows with Ottawa we'll probably bring in 10 more goalies in the organization and figure that away because the Senators love to invest in goalies they think it's the safest way to build a team well when you're investing your money you want it to be safe as well and that's why you should turn to Wealthfront for all your investing needs now decades of data shows that investors who trade individual stocks underperform the market every year in fact only one percent of day traders beat the market the odds aren't in your favor, so team up with Wealthfront instead. Investing can be complicated, but Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diverse, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They handle all the investing based on preferences that you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower your taxes. For their average client, tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started, grow your wealth the easy way, and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. That's W E A L T H F R O N T.com 
slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. That's wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL and get started today. And guys, I always talk about summer being here. So get your built bars, get your financial health in order, get your health in order, but also, hey, why not get a road trip set up for this summer? Why not get your car looking as good as you are for the summertime weather? And the best place to get the best parts for your car is rockauto.com. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, two decades of experience. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Nice and simple. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Ross wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. We don't want you to do it. Go to rockauto.com right now. You can check it out on your laptop, your phone, your iPad. Go see the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Make sure you're following the Locked On Senators podcast wherever you download yours. Subscribe. Reviews really do mean a lot, especially in the off season. So if you wouldn't mind hitting the five stars and if you want to write a couple nice words or mean words, who cares? It's all good. We just appreciate the engagement with you fans. You can follow us on Twitter as well, at Central. Pillsy, on yesterday's show, we focused on the centers of attention in the 2021 NHL draft. It's upcoming on July 23rd and 24th. But today, we're going to sink our teeth in to a first look at the defensemen who are going to go in the first round or should go in the first round. Now, there's four that have separated from the pack, but there's a few dark horses who I think could have a good sniff at at least closing the gap, maybe from that 10 to 25 range. There's such a wide open variety and Will Scouch just put out his June rankings. We're going to use those as our final rankings for him. We're going to use nine different entities to decide who our list looks like. And when it comes to last year, there was some guarantees like Lafreniere going one this year there's nothing guaranteed but in terms of the defenseman Pilsy who is your number one in this draft class well if if we're talking just overall I think it's got to be Owen, Owen Power like this guy the size is already there you got to see what he can do at the world championship he's a gold medal winner put that on his resume <laughs> and you know what he's he's the kind of guy that I think if you're the Seattle Kraken, what a way to start your franchise off with a big, powerful, strong left shot defenseman that can do it all. He's good offensively. He's good defensively. He can play a physical game. He's good at moving the puck up the ice. Like this is truly a guy that you can see being a cornerstone defenseman. So for, for my money, I got Owen Power as the top defenseman in this draft. I don't know if he's going to be there for Seattle because Buffalo might be entranced by the 6'6 frame and the smooth skating ability. Now, decision-making maybe leaves a little to be desired, but get him with a good development staff and 
you can fix that out of him. Too bad Phil Housley's not the coach in Buffalo anymore because I feel like he could have really helped out Owen Power's game. But whether they go with Owen Power or Matthew Beneers, the centerman, both from the University of Michigan, you got to think that Buffalo's getting a good piece and then Seattle's going to take whoever's left from that. Afterwards, it's wide open. And when you're Seattle, like, maybe you take the goalie. Like, why not build a franchise from the net out? And uh, I think that could be really interesting too. For my money, yeah, Owen Power is number one. But I don't think the gap is that big between he and Luke Hughes. I think Luke Hughes is really making it known that he is a player in this draft. Now, you, you look at maybe he doesn't put up the flashiest point totals, and he's actually going to the University of Michigan. So if he goes third, you've got U Michigan one, two, three in the draft, which would be absolutely insane, especially when you consider Kent Johnson's going to go in the next five picks too. So huge draft coming up for a Michigan. But Luke Hughes, so – Here's how I see it. Owen Power was born November 22nd, 2002. Matthew Beneers, November 5th, 2002. Those guys are almost an entire year older than Luke Hughes, who was born September 9th. Now, the last day to be eligible for this draft is September 13th. So he is as close as it comes to being a 2022 draft pick. And I think especially for a defenseman, that extra runway matters. Now, he's been compared to having some Carlson-like features. And I know hyperbole gets thrown out like crazy come draft time, Pilsy. But to me, the lock of the draft is him going to, to be reunited with his brother in New Jersey. Now, I don't know if he'll be there at four, though. Anaheim might scoop him up first at number three, but that would be a pretty cool story through the draft. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think if he's available and the Devils don't take him, I think uh, maybe Jack Hughes is looking for a trade out of there. That's kind of a <laughs> di- that's kind of a diss to him because he's made it clear that that's what he wants. And why wouldn't you go that direction if you're the Devils? So interesting, Hughes, how, interesting how publicly he made it known. It's this 20 year old kid and he's just like, no, draft my brother. I'm the first overall pick. I'm Jack Eichel. I make the rules here. Yeah, I mean, he's got some pull. That's definitely for sure. And who he's the best scout of Luke Hughes that there possibly is. Who knows more about Luke Hughes than his brother? Yeah, and by the way, that was tongue-in-cheek. I know it's not Jack Eichel, but he pretty much controlled the Buffalo Sabres through two coaches and GMs. So I figured Jack Hughes as well, the first overall pick, can use that little bit of strength. But not like that would be a bad pick either. And you look how the Devils' decor is built, not to get too off track, but Kevin Ball and that Shakir Mukamadoulin guy they took in the first round last year, those are big, mean, rangy defensemen. So to compliment him, they already have Ty Smith there. If they can compliment him with another offensive defenseman like Luke Hughes, they could be on to something in New Jersey. Remember, they had three first-round picks last year's draft as well. So now if I'm the Sens, I know that both of those players will be off the board at number 10. But... There could be an off chance this next defense we're going to mention will be on the board. And unlike Power and Hughes, who are both left shots, Brant Clark, the local product, is a right shot defenseman. We've talked about him on the show before. He's an Ottawa boy, grew up loving Eric Carlson. I believe he was at that game against the Habs with the line brawl in the 6-1 game. Um, I remember a photo of that. His dad posted on Twitter as well a photo of Brant Clark wearing the Ottawa Little Senators AAA jersey back in the day. So could that be a reunion you'd see if Brant Clark would be available at number 10? If we're talking about the Sens looking at targeting a defenseman at 10th overall and realistically who they could get, this is the guy. Like the, 
I don't think you could slate a guy more perfectly to fit the Sens. A right shot defenseman grew up a fan of the Senators. He grew up a fan of Eric Carlson. They need a right shot guy to complement some of these left shot guys that they already have in place. He puts up points like crazy. He had a great year with the Barry Colts. He went over to play in Europe this season, and I thought he played great there too. I loved when we talked to Tony Ferrari, best friend of the show, and he had a chat with Brant Clark. And the kid's confident too. You got to love it. Oh, and unreal. He, he said the question Tony asked him was, how did your teammates, uh, how did you adapt to your teammates over in Europe? And Brant said, well, it was more actually a situation of me telling them to adapt to me because they're going to have to deal with how I play. And for a kid to come into a professional team and have that attitude, like not cocky, like that's just matter of factly, like, hey, actually you guys are going to have to, figure out what I'm doing so it can work as a team is, is pretty sweet. You got to love that confidence. Yeah. 15 points in 26 games with Nove Zamke with the Slovakian extra league. I don't think he'll be on the board. I think his U18 performance as well cemented that he's a point per game with team Canada on their way to a gold medal there. Now you said he put up a lot of points, but I, I think we got to put the Connor Brown asterisks next to his time with Don Mills. We know how Connor Brown had over 116. I think it was 116 points with the uh, Erie Otters on Connor McDavid's line. Well, Brant Clark played with Shane Wright in U16, who we know is going to be the first overall pick in 2022. Get this stat line for minor hockey. And A, what the hell is a minor hockey league team doing playing 73 games? Like That's wild. That in itself is absolutely insane, but that's the GTHL for you. So they play with the Don Mills Flyers. 113 points as a defenseman in 73 games. That's absolutely absurd. I told you, he put up, puts up points, Ross. That's what you love to see. And then in his rookie OHL season, like maybe the numbers don't pop out at you, but for a rookie in the OHL, he did very well as well. So this is a guy that I think he's, he's not going to be NHL ready, but with a few more years of seasoning, this is a guy you can pencil into your top four for sure, especially if you're the Sens. Yeah, so just checking on that team, Shane Wright had 150 points in 72 games. And Not Brennan Othman, another guy who's going to go later in this first round as well, 146 points. This is a U16 team with three guys who are going in the first round of the National Hockey League. It's actually absurd. But we have seen that before of Ottawa guys moving to Toronto to play their last couple of years of minor hockey, really get themselves on the map. But after hearing his interviews and just seeing what kind of personality he has, I would love for Ottawa to target Brent Clark. I don't think it's super realistic. How about this guy, though? I've seen him ranked as high as two and as low as 21. He's the unicorn of the draft, as Scott Wheeler put it. Simon Edvinson playing with Frolunda in the Swedish Hockey League. What are your thoughts on the big rangy defenseman out in Sweden? Well, I think he's impressive and I think he's he's going to do really well in this draft and he's going to be taken earlier rather than later. But the fact is he's a big left shot defenseman. And if that's the route that the Senators go, I know best player available. Yes, I understand that. But I w- I'd be lying if I said I wouldn't be disappointed if that's the route they went because you don't you don't need that's not a need for this team. And at this point, the cupboard's so stocked. I feel like with this pick, you can go for a certain need and there's so many good centermen available that if they went defense and left defense it'd be kind of a head scratcher move for me yeah i have to remind everyone though that the senators have selected a defenseman in the last two first rounds of course they had multiple picks last year but jake sanderson at five lassie thompson at 19 and even go back a year further jacob bernard docker in the mid-20s no defenseman in the in the first round of 2016 or 17 but 
Then you go back another year and Thomas Shabbat was there at 18. So you look at the players that were available over the course of those drafts this year. There's so many centermen available. You've got to think Ottawa leans that way. But not only for completeness sake, but also because there could be a trade where Ottawa trades down. Like Carson Lambros is another name, left shot guy though. So I think if you're Ottawa, you got to stay away from the left shot defenseman. But they have drafted out of Brooks Bandits before. And they could do that again with another right shot D. Of course, JBD was a part of that AJHL wagon. They just pump out their pipeline of talent, not only to NCAA, but the National Hockey League. Kale McCarr was also an alumni of them. Now, Corson Coolmans is an interesting guy if they're looking to trade down. Or maybe he's available for their first pick of the second round, although I do doubt that. He's a right shot that Bob McKenzie had ranked 18th on his midterm rankings, but like scouting had him at 54. So again, just a really wide variety of how they view these players. What, what are your thoughts on Kuhlman's game? I like Kuhlman's a lot. And uh, yeah, that AJHL team is just, uh, they produce so much talent. And Kuhlman's is a good skater. I like his size. And yeah, this is a guy that he's a right shot defenseman. I don't think he has as much upside as uh, the other names we mentioned. I think he's a little bit of a lower pick there, but he gets your right shot filled out. And if they were to trade down, like you said, I think this is a guy that they could target. So at, at 10, I think that's a bit of a reach. But later on, maybe that works out for them. Coolman's is heading to Wisconsin to play next season. You got to think he'll be there for the next couple of years. Now, another guy whose stock has plummeted, I believe. And I hate to say this, Pilsy. I know you're a big Guelph Storm guy. But Daniil Cheka just seems like maybe he, his ability to process the game is being exposed at these higher levels now he went over and played in the khl this past season so playing against men good for your development but he got absolutely raked in the coals over there yeah i don't i don't think that's in the cards for this the sense and yeah it's tough for me to watch a guelph storm prospect not really uh light it up over in the khl but this guy's got size 6'3 187 i think a lot of people think he's gonna have top four qualities but I just I don't think uh, he's going to be a guy they're targeting, especially at number 10. Left shot guy, too, yeah. so we can move on from him. And that pretty much wraps up the defenseman in the first round. So there's that big four of Power, Edmondson, Clark, and Hughes. And then it's kind of a free-for-all. After that, there's a few other names. Scott Morrow was a player of interest, Shattuck St. Mary's product, but he has decommitted from North Dakota. So we disavow him because... Gone. No. You can't do it. Can't have it. If you don't respect the North Dakota fighting senators, we don't want you in Ottawa, right? I mean, it's as simple as that. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's pretty easy. So we can scratch that one off the list right away. I'd bet Brant Clark would love to come to Ottawa, though. And I think it's safe to say that we'd love to have him as well. But when I bet on sports, I'm always looking to make a little money when I'm watching my favorite team. And that's why I always had to bet online when I'm looking to fulfill those needs. Now, Bet Online is the official sponsor of the Locked On Podcast Network, our official sports book, and we love them with our dear hearts, even when I'm getting hammered day after day. Remember, I'm the idiot who said that the Winnipeg Jets were officially a Winnipeg Jets podcast. They go 0-3. They get swept out of the playoffs. We're going to have a full breakdown coming up. But when I go to Bet Online, what I love most about them is they treat our listeners amazing. They give us one of the best welcome bonuses in the entire industry to share with you guys. So why don't you go take advantage of it right now over at betonline.ag. Here's how you do it. Head over to the website, 
betonline.ag. You can do it on your mobile device as well. Sign up today for a free account, and when you do, use promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That means if you put in $200, bingo, bango, bongo, you get $100 right there in your account. Put in $100, that's 50 free play dollars right there for you. Now, Pilsy, you've been up and down this postseason, but we're going to keep going back to you. What's your Pilsy's parlay of the day today? Well, only one game, and it's Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Carolina Hurricanes. Tampa has a 3-1 series lead, and I think they close it out tonight, Ross. I'm taking Tampa Bay Moneyline at minus 118. I like those odds. And then these teams, the goaltending has been great. So I'm taking the under at 5.5 at minus 127 odds. So Tampa Bay Moneyline, under of 5.5 in this game. Put 10 bucks in. You're going to win $23.02. Guys, that is Pillsy's playoff parlay of the day. You are banking on the pendulum after the team's exploded offensively. I think they hit over in the second period for the entire game in the last one, but a huge one. I think Tampa Bay with a win today, yep, in game five, would be able to put this series to bed. Again, we wouldn't know who they're playing, though, because Montreal is waiting for the winner of Vegas and Colorado, but don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action and don't forget the promo code locked on to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's bet online, your online sports book experts. Guys, a newer sponsor of ours, Lucy nicotine is something you got to check out. If you're looking to ditch those cigarettes, Lucy nicotine is a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better, cleaner nicotine alternative. Finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created the nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors. You got your minty wintergreen, you got your spicy cinnamon, and you got your fruity pomegranate. Then, if you don't like the gum and you prefer a lozenge, they got you covered too. Lozenges have also four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors. Cherry ice, citrus, and mint. Now, the lozenges and gums are both FSA and HSA eligible. So you can use your FSA cards to purchase Lucy now. It's convenient and discreet. You can enjoy these products anywhere, on in the car, on the bus, at work, while you're on a walk, at the gym. Whatever you're doing, you can easily enjoy Lucy lozenges or gum. It's 2021, guys. Get rid of those cigarettes. Take the vape, unplug it, and put it in the closet. Throw that dip right in the garbage and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. So you don't need to, you're down to your last pack of gum and you're like, oh man, I'm running out already. No, they got a subscription that comes right to your door so you'll never run out. You don't even have to leave your house because they have delivery down. Remember, it's FSA and HSA eligible, so you can spend pre-tax dollars on them. That's always nice. Locked on NHL Network listeners, go to lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get 20% off all products on your first order. What a deal. All the gum, all the lozenges available. That's lucy.co and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL at checkout. Warning. This product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co. Go there today and be sure to use that promo code locked on NHL. All right, Pilsy. I've got a statement to kick off the third segment. 
The North Division is dead. Good riddance. See you later. And who would have thought the Montreal Canadiens would be the victors of the North Division? Like when when the four playoff teams were announced, I immediately had them as finishing last in the playoffs here. And now they're the very first, not even the North Division, they're the first team in the NHL to make it to the semifinals. So you know what? We love to hate them, but stick taps to the Habs because they have pulled off some major upsets. Yep, they have. They're down 3-1 in the first round. They haven't trailed in a game since, Pilsy. That's over 400 minutes without trailing. Only second to the 1960 Habs. Pretty impressive, I gotta admit. Yeah, and you know what? I think most of the credit goes to Carey Price. Oh, Speaking of which, I have a new favorite part of Habs games. Have you heard Carey Price's media availability? It's hilarious. This guy... He hates the media so much. And think about the way they've written about him. And he's yeah. lived in Montreal for almost 16 years now. He gives one sentence answers. Every question that's asked to him, because the reporters know, so they're trying to like get the, the craft, the perfect question, right? Oh, he has to answer this one. Every question that was asked was longer than the answer. I thought that was hysterical last night. But, but apparently this has been going on for, for a long time because I typed in Carey Price Media on Twitter. And the first thing was an Arpon Basu article from 2017 that just said, if you missed Carrie Price's big media availability today, here are the jot notes. He took 77 words to answer 13 questions. Wow. Hey, talk about efficiency. That guy is efficient. And you know what? Yeah. Like you said, I don't blame him. Like he's got the big contract. He's got all the attention. If the Habs win or lose, it's his fault. So I don't blame him for being short with the media. I think I found it. Here it is. It's fun. Spot the lie. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, geez, that's tough for reporters. But hey, that's uh, what goes around comes around. So they, they might deserve that. Yeah, no question. But you're getting into how he, much of an impact. And he's such a good guy off the ice, man. This guy does so much for the community. He just hates the media. And so be it. At that point, I know that goalies have to talk after games. It's always the head coach, the goalie, and two players. If they lose, it's probably the leadership guys. If they win, it's whoever was most important in the victory. Now, that makes sense. You want to get the key contributors, their quotes and all that. But at a certain point, when you know the guy's not going to give you anything, just write your piece without it. It doesn't add anything to their article. Like, just watching him struggle through that, it's just – I mean, it's entertaining for me, but still, sheesh. Let's take a look (laughs) at the Jets, though, Ross, because this was a crazy postseason for them. Sweeping the Oilers – And then in the next round, getting swept. Now, obviously, Mark Scheifele plays a big part of that. But you talked about it. Pierre-Luc Dubois has been invisible. And he was the guy who didn't cover his man, Tyler Toffoli, and had to dive to try to stop that pass. Didn't get there in time. Toffoli scores the game winner. That was a pretty epic Sally. Like, again, love to hate the Habs, but that was a sweet moment for Toffoli. Who's more embarrassed by the way this playoff is shaken out? The Leafs, who were up 3-1 in their series and had a chance, multiple chances, to close it out? Is it the Edmonton Oilers, who were swept by a team who then didn't lead in a game after sweeping them at all? Or is it the Vancouver Canucks for deeming that Tyler Toffoli was not worth the amount of money? This guy is a bonafide stud. 
And I think the worst part about the Vancouver Canucks situation, Ross, is from what I've gathered is the reason they didn't re-sign uh, to Foley is because they wanted to hold on to Jake for Tannen. Wow. Yikes. That's looking tough right now. But to answer your question for the embarrassment, I, I'm going to give it to the Edmonton Oilers. Like to have the two top players, like, like Connor McDavid had one of the most impressive seasons uh, in recent memory, like that, it's absolutely in insane. our lifetime. Yeah, honestly, like you could say that, and it's definitely arguable. Like, and then the guy right behind him is Leon Drysaddle. You have those two players, and you don't win a single game in the playoffs. I don't know. Like Connor McDavid, he's got to be furious, and there's going to have to be some big changes because, sure, it's it's a process and it takes time, but when you make it to the playoffs with the expectations that they have and don't win one single game, that's embarrassing. Yeah, like Mark Shifley, of course, suspended in this series. And then when you look at how they folded when he was hurt last year as well in the playoffs, it just seems like they are really reliant on their number one center, which is interesting because you thought with Dubois and Stassi, they'd have some of the best depth in the postseason. Pilsy, I don't believe, and I'm, I'm going to have to double check this, I don't think they got a goal from a forward in their last two games. Maybe not, but quick, sh- man, Logan Stanley was looking good last night. I know you don't like him, Ross, but he was looking real good, and both those shots were absolutely amazing. That's a guy that I'm surprised the Sens uh, didn't take him in that draft. Yeah, seriously. Well, I mean, they went with another big player. No, Lo- Adam Lowry uh, scored the the only goal in game three. So, yeah, Logan Stanley had both goals in game four, and I, they just didn't get enough production from their best players. And I'm curious to see if, if Paul Maurice on the hot seat because, man, he was uh, he's always very insightful in his answers post-game. He had one question he did not like, but th- he, he uses analytics when they work for him. And then when somebody uses them to show how they played terribly, he, he gave out. So the answer, the question like cut out mid, like just bad internet, that sort of thing. And he goes, oh, no, what a shame. You can't finish that question. Then the guy comes back and finishes it, and he just, like, scoffs at it. He's like, uh, sure. And so he gave the one word, sure, there. It just seemed like a, a guy through his body language that he's defeated, and he knows that they had a better opportunity than what they produced, and that might be it for him in Winnipeg. I, I think Paul Maurice is an amazing coach. He's one of the best coaches available he has more experience than a lot of people he started doing this from a young age but i think it's time for a change in winnipeg not not because of his fault no fault of his but it's just time for a change because that dynasty team has all the makings to go far in the playoffs they got all the pieces they just can't do it so i think probably that leadership group needs a new voice isn't it insane to think and paul maurice i want to say he's like what 50 years old maybe maybe a bit older i I need to pull this up right around there you know that he's seventh all time in games played. He's 54 years old. And at age 43, he became the youngest head coach to coach in a thousand games. And that was in 2010. That was 11 years ago. So you look at just what he's done. I believe that he has the, yeah, he has the sixth most wins all time. He also has the most losses all time in NHL history behind the bench. So experience a plenty, but it just seems like that Winnipeg team, they don't change anything. I believe Kevin Dayoff has been their only GM. And Paul Maurice, if I'm not mistaken, is one, if not of two, maybe. Coaching? Yeah, they had um, Noel, Claude Noel before. Mm, nice. Good pull. That's great. But any, any way you slice it, this Jets team was a complete understatement of a disappointment. This was 
completely embarrassing for them to be swept by the Montreal Canadiens. Like, I'm serious when I say if you had plopped Ottawa in the playoffs, they would have given all these teams, maybe not Edmonton, but all the other ones, a, bit, a run for their money. Oh, yeah, I'm right there with you. And that's not just hyperbolic statements from two overly optimistic sense fans like this team the way they were going at the end of the season the drive and the fight that they were com- committing to every game the effort levels were off the charts so I think definitely like yeah they could have I think for sure in a seven game series this Senators team could beat this Habs team I don't think that's too crazy to say oh I don't think so either I think at the, at the very least they take them six seven games yeah. and the way that the goaltending was shaking out towards the end of the season man I I'd be confident. And I think that that's just a good feeling for Pierre Dorian. I'm sure that he has similar sentiments, but to just to take into the off season and we'll see where the roster building goes. We're still being patient when it comes to the RFAs. We said, Pilsy, we're not focused on RFA contract negotiations. We'll be excited when the news comes, but we're not focused on that until at least August. Yeah, we got some time for that. And ju- just quickly, now, like we said, we were not fans of the North Division, but now I'm kind of sad that it's going because no, this Sens team could easily make the playoffs in this North Division, especially like Calgary's going to make some changes. I don't think they're going to be making changes to be more competitive. I think they're going the opposite way here. Vancouver, probably similar scenario there. And we just talked about it. The Sens could have given all four of these playoff teams in the North Division a big chance. Now, obviously, the entertainment and the quality of hockey wasn't there. But for the Sens' sake, if there was another North Division next year, that would be a massive boost for them. Yeah, no question about that. But I'll be excited to play Buffalo and Detroit and Florida and all those teams next year as well. The Panthers have improved, but at the same token, I'm just excited. And you still get Montreal and Toronto, two teams Ottawa beat up the most on in the North Division. So exciting times ahead for the Ottawa Senators. What are we focusing on tomorrow, Pilsy? Wingers will do in the first round? Because right now it's just a brief overview. We're kind of waiting for all of the official draft, draft rankings to come out. I've been working hard putting this graph together and getting all of our information in the right spot. So in, in probably the next week or two, we'll start doing our countdown from 75. We know the Sens pick 74 among two in the second round and 10th overall. So four picks in the top 75 for Ottawa this year. We'll start counting that. But for tomorrow, should we do a brief overview on our wingers going in the first round? Yep, that seems to make the most sense. But I will say a disclaimer, if the Sens took a winger with that 10th pick, I would be very, very disappointed. Like if it's not, it, it better be a center. And if it's not a center, it better be a defenseman. And then if they goes, and then if a goalie's available, hell yeah, take uh, Wallstead. <laughs> but if it ends up being a winger, I think I'll be a little bit disappointed here. Maybe if it's a right winger, we can, we can make it work. But yeah, we'll look at the wingers tomorrow. Ooh, spicy Pillsy going with the goalie and saying they should take Wallstead if he's available. You know I'm on board with that. But let's end the show with a little controversy because Tyler Bell wrote to us on Twitter at Send Central. He writes in saying that Jesper Wallstead refused to play for a small market WHL team. He was selected by the Moose Jaw Warriors and is ranked 10th by quite a few people. Frankly, I would not want Ottawa to pick him. The Warriors aren't slacks at developing talent either. Point. Morgan Riley, Travis Hamanick, Quinton and Brent Howden, and Edmondson, and many, many more. Their refusal to play in a small market team worries me that he'd be a wasted pick for Ottawa. I'm not going to draw that conclusion right away. I think this guy is a Moose Jaw Warriors fan. Yeah, yeah, maybe. But the, the thing I'll say is, 
Ottawa is is a little nicer than Moose Jaw. Sorry if we got Moose Jaw listeners. I've I've been there. I spent a night there driving through Canada, and that's probably my Moose Jaw experience of my lifetime. I don't think I'll be heading back anytime soon. So I think Ottawa has a little more to offer. Sure, it's considered a small market team, but I think any goalie would be happy to join the Sens organization because there are opportunities to be had in this organization if you're a goalie, that's for sure. And I wouldn't go so far as to say it's because he hates Moose Jaw or hates the small market or small town Canada. He had an opportunity to be a starter in the Swedish Hockey League in in his home land. Yeah. Same language, same being able to see friends and family more often. I think that there's a little less to look into of whether a player is going to move his life overseas at the age of 16 when he's got a good thing going. Clearly, he didn't need the WHL because he's still ranked as a top 10 pick. Now, all I need to be sold on this guy, and I've been watching some clips, and I do think that there is a huge discrepancy. And I don't mean that just in height, but between him and Sebastian Costa, the next goalie available, Wallstead is the guy. And when multiple scouts are telling me that he's better prospect at his age than Spencer Knight and Yaroslav Askarov, I'm sold. Like that's the kind of goalie that you can build around. But again, I think it's all moot because I believe he will go no later than to LA at eight. Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I got him in pen with the Detroit Red Wings. Really? Eh? At uh, at six? Yeah, because look, they've got they've got their talent up front. Yeah. It, well, hopefully Zadina works out. But picking up Jacob Vrana was a massive, massive move for them. Right. And then on defense, you got Marit Sider. He's going to yeah, be a stud. Seven. So why not why not fill out that goaltending? Because I'm not sure what their goaltending prospects are like. But I okay. none no names come off the top of my head. So that guy would be an amazing fit for them. And he's a guy that you could start on that NHL team earlier because you have no expectations. You don't need to make the playoffs. So get him NHL reps earlier than usual and. I think he could work really well there. Yeah, they they love their Swedes as well in uh, Detroit. So you could see that being a situation for sure. And then San Jose is at seven and they need a goalie bad. They kind of need everything. Yeah. So by the way, Tim Stutzla is ripping it up in Ibiza right now. So credit to him. Loving the offseason. And this kid is going to be an absolute superstar. And Hey, speaking of uh, Senators, where what they're up to in the offseason, this whole Kess's house thing, in Sportsnet, very strange. I don't know. Kessler's like, yo, I got a sick house. I want to show it off. Anyways, Josh Norris was a part of the first crew. And the the mics picked up Jeannie Bouchard saying that he looks hot. So is Josh Norris now an elite number one center? Man, that's uh, that's something to put on your resume for sure if you're Josh Norris. So stick daps to him. Yeah, I guess they were reading tweets or, or something. The whole concept just blows my mind but she looks at him she goes tell josh i say go sends go and the way she looked into his eyes and said oh josh norris is back officially no off season when you're josh norris putting in work so hope you guys enjoyed the show thanks for listening we'll be back tomorrow for another edition of the show for brandon pillar i'm ross levitan this has been the locked on senators podcast your team every day